Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Hey, everyone. We have launched the BODC Multifamily Impact Fund. Invest with a trusted operator with a track record of success. Our fund offers diversification, risk mitigation, tax benefits, and stringent acquisition criteria. If you'd like to learn more, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Chris Finlay, who's the chairman and CEO of Lloyd Jones LLC. Chris has been in real estate for over 40 years and has $750 million in assets under management in multifamily, hospitality, and senior living. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Great to be on, Gary, and thank you for the opportunity. So we're a real estate investment firm and also an operator. We focus on three asset classes, senior living, multifamily, and hospitality, meaning hotels and most of our hotel strategies, limited service in secondary markets with the top three brands. Excellent. Excellent. Well, today I want to focus more on the senior living piece. I'm a multifamily guy and I know that there's millions of of housing units short, but where do we stand on senior housing beds? You know, like, is there a tremendous shortage? What does the demographics provide us? Yeah, great question. So, you know, so I equate senior uh, the senior space, similar to the multifamily space in 2010. You have a millennial generation that moved into the apartment market and created a huge uh, demand factor there. And we still haven't met supply on that, on that front. On the senior space, it's even more extreme by a factor of two or three. And that's because we have 78 million baby boomers that are now rolling into 75 plus and that's really the age at where people start moving into what is called senior living. And I define senior living as independent assisted memory care. So the demand factor is just huge. And then, you you know, there was a little overbuilding in 2018, 2019, but 2020 came along with COVID and subsequently, obviously, no construction. And even now with the, with the market and the credit market, Construction has really been dampened as well. So we're now looking at a three, four year, what could be a five year, you know, spread where almost no construction is taking place. I mean, literally almost no construction. And then you have this massive aging of America 
And, you know, where are they going to go? So there's going to be a huge pent-up demand way beyond what multi is going to face. I also think that there's more barriers of entry versus multifamily where you get a property management team and they can run with it. And, and where senior living, it's a lot more staff intensive and, and regulation. So it definitely keeps a lot of people out of the industry. You're 100% right, Gary. This is a real operationally intense business. It's really an operations play, not a, a real estate play. And especially difficult because of what's happened in COVID. I mean, it's really decimated that industry. And, and, and so getting employees now, the pay scale for our employees, right from the lowest level in the top, has increased dramatically. And it's just a real challenge for the whole industry. Uh, you know, getting these people. So it's it's very employee-based. I mean, you can have a 60-unit, an example, 60-unit property, and you've got 120 employees. Wow. So, you know, you'd run a 60-unit apartment building with two employees, right? Or, you know, maintenance and a manager. So, you know, so it's just that gives you the sort of scale of the operation. I didn't realize it was uh, almost two to one. That's insane. Yeah, it is. <laughs> very intensive. Yeah. So I know you build senior housing, but do you do adaptive reuse too as well to you know take a, a something else existing and turn it into senior housing or good question. So no, what we do, we have sort of three strategies. One is what we call our core strategy. And basically what we're doing there is buying, let's say, a 2017 on vintage. So stuff that's say less than five years old. And because of COVID, it didn't lease up or because of various things. So we'll buy almost a brand new property. Class A needs basically no CapEx and really needs to get, you know, leased up and get to operating performance. That's our preferred strategy. That's what we call our core strategy. Then we have our typical value add strategy where we're buying usually 2000 and up vintage and there we go in and spend somewhere between 35 and 50 a door. There's really very little, you know, demolition work. We don't like to knock down. If there's a lot of functional obsolescence, we don't do it on a CapEx basis because or value add basis because these people are living there and they don't go to work and come back, right? So they're there 24-7 and doing major reconstruction when they're living there is just too disruptive to these people. So you can't do that like you can in a multi-deal. That's our second strategy. Third strategy is what we call redevelopment. And that's where we take an existing facility that has a lot of functional obsolescence. And we basically buy that empty. And then we just go in and redevelop it and rebrand it and open it like a new deal in a year. But we Excellent. do no ground up. I mean, we're not doing any ground up. Now, we would do ground up on a 55 plus, and we will do ground up on an independent in very unique circumstances. And what kind of returns can an investor expect or range? You know, so a multifamily value add, you know, maybe it's 15 to 17% right now or 14 to 17, maybe a core is you know 10 to 13 so on your core strategy i'm curious what are the returns yeah so <laughs> great question so on a core for us we're looking at a 20 plus irr wow so significantly above multifamily yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah we're, you know the, the cap rates on these are because of it you know so 
operationally intense, you know, the cap rates are much higher than a multi, but, and the returns have to be higher as well. Value add, we're looking at, you know, close to 25 IRR. And then on the redevelopment, you got to be above that. I could totally see the need for getting those, those types of returns when you're talking almost a two to one ratio for staff. Staffing is just, you know, my old business, I had 700 employees and, and 700 independent contractors. And it's just an HR nightmare all the time, just trying to, you're always understaffed, trying to climb that hill, you know, so. We've done something unique to the industry. As far as I know, no one else does this, but we have a recruiter on every single property. Every single property, we have a recruiter. Yeah. Just keep it, you know, keep it fully, fully staffed. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see the need for that. A lot of our listeners are multifamily and kind of new to senior living. So obviously we talked about the returns, but what, you know, to a passive investor, what other, you know, key differences are there that they should be aware of? Yeah. Well, I think, look, I, we still do multi, so don't get me wrong. Yeah. Look, multi's without a doubt, one of the best asset classes ever, right? So from an investment perspective, we feel that this is multi 2010, and we just think there's a huge opportunity for the next probably 20, 30 years in this space because of demographics. The key difference, I think, here is uh, being a good operator in a multi setting is important. Let's face it. In this case, it's the critical element. Your focus needs to be and your diligence needs to be, can this operator really execute on the business plan? Do they have the infrastructure? And it takes a big infrastructure in this business to, to do that. So if you're comfortable with that, that's great. And then the returns, the good news about this asset class is once that asset is stabilized and the stabilization today is around 90, 92%, 90, usually 90% is what they consider stabilized. And they're very sticky people, right? They're not like a multi where if there's a new one down the block and they can get a, you know, a month free, they're down there, right? These people don't move like that. They're there for you know until they can't, can't be. If you go into a down market, this has been the most resilient asset class. So if you look at the studies that these big fund guys do, when you take it over a period of time, even going back 20, 30 years, senior housing has had the best returns up and down markets. So it's a very resilient asset class. So for an investor that wants to get a deal and they can produce a good yield and you know feel comfortable that even in a downturn, they're still going to get a good yield, this is a great asset class for that. Sort of like a mini warehouse or something like that. You know, good or bad times, they seem to do well. You mentioned operations. If you run multifamily from 2010 to 2022, maybe you can get away and do still do fantastically well with mediocre at best operations. Now, there are plenty of really good operators out there as well, but there's no hiding in senior living if your operations aren't, aren't up to snuff. Right. And remember, you have to be licensed as an operator you have licensed nurses, you know, RNs and so forth. So the whole, you know, whole oversight level that you don't get multi. There's a lot of interesting tech that's going into to multifamily the past few years and going forward. You know, there's virtual touring of properties and and, and just the de-emphasizing of, of staff. I'm curious where, you know, obviously there's a tremendous growth in the senior living industry, but what other you foresee in the next five to 10 years? 
look, I think multi has a lot to teach the senior industry as far as the uh, leasing component as well. I think the, you know, the virtual tours, if you go on a senior website, you know, I doubt if you'll find one. We're in the process of implementing it and doing that because what we find is it's obviously not usually the person that's going in that's doing the looking. It's their son or daughter. Usually it's the eldest daughter that finds a place for mom. So chances are the eldest daughter is not necessarily living in that community either. So we think that the virtual tour can be really used in the senior space and no one's really using it. You know, that's one. We're becoming very data-driven too. So, you know, when you when you look at data for, for multifamily and some of the big operators have done a phenomenal job of that, here it's even more intense. So data-driven and data analytics becomes critical part of the operation as well. So that's, you know, so technology is moving into our space. You know, you have robots that they're talking about. I mean, there's even a robot now that goes down the hallway and can go through the wall and tell, you know, your vitals. In other words, what your heartbeat is, what your breathing rate is, all that stuff. And it doesn't even have to be intrusive. It doesn't even have to go into your room. So at night, you can have one of these things patrolling up and down and they know how you're doing. So Gary is not breathing properly. You know, the alarm goes off and a nurse comes in and revives Gary, hopefully. That's very cool. That is awesome. Well, I got a huge education and a very short amount of time on senior living and I'm sure our listeners did too. So thank you so much, Chris. Can you tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and your company? And, and like you said earlier, it's not just senior living, it's the multifamily, it's specialty hotels. Absolutely. LloydJonesLLC.com is our website. And also we have Aviva Senior Living. Aviva is our uh, brand for senior living. So either one of those websites, Lloyd Jones from an investment point of view and Aviva for our, you know, individual properties. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Chris. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.